Oh, I have to think of a, uh, an intro. Uh, well, welcome to Sorry Ray Open. <laughs> Sorry for that disappointing intro music. Jess is looking at me like, you dumb bitch. You know, it's fine. Now that we've hit 13 on the pod, Lindsay's getting a little bit of an attitude. Our pod is growing up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting an attitude. I've always had an attitude. Mood. <laughs> Flip, um, flips hair dramatically. So welcome back to Sorry We're Open. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Jess. And like Jess said, this is episode 13. Yeah, man. We're really closing in on the end of the season. Yeah. So, Jess, why don't you give us your fun, exciting life update? So I finally have one that's fun and exciting. Um, So my life update is that um, I only need six credits to graduate. So in the spring, I'm taking one class and I'm doing credits for my thesis. So I was like looking for something to do and I was applying to like what's going to help me with jobs, yada, yada, yada. And so I applied to a research job at CHOP in Philadelphia, which is the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And I got accepted to work in an ADHD lab in the spring. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) So I'm really excited. Um, The project is something I'm so, so passionate about. It's um, developing, you know, ADHD intervention training for um, children of low socioeconomic status because they're uh, less likely to have access to care. So it's going to be really exciting. It's really going to help me in the future so i'm i'm really excited to do that next semester yeah that's awesome Lynn's, what's your life update in true jess and Lynn's fashion when jess has something wholesome to say and i have something degenerate to say um <laughs> this is a good one this is <laughs> this is also like a little bit of our intro so here we go here we go so <clears throat> i last year bought a extendable mistletoe an extendable mistletoe right and it only extends about what a foot maybe two it gives you a lot of reach it does give me a lot of reach as a short person and a lot of height a lot of height so um it's a lot of fun for me so i brought it out to bars well on wednesday we had our annual big holiday soiree with our pledge class our member class (laughs) so with the girls in our pc so we like have a big fun trivia night and then we go out so Lindsay decides she's gonna bring the mistletoe to bars right and of course it was a wednesday so dollar drinks and i always get rowdy at dollar drinks lonzy appears like m- most times and so i was bringing around this mistletoe and i was causing oh there's hair in my mouth cute i was causing so many shenanigans like absolute havoc like Lindsay, i was, was like wreaking re- havoc. i was gonna say i was wreaking havoc i was making everybody kiss most people like well that's a lie not most people kissed like anytime two people were in the vicinity of each other Lindsay just like hung it over their head and like it was so funny to watch because people would like look at the mistletoe look at Lindsay, look at each other look at the mistletoe look at each other and Lindsay would be standing there like kind of with an evil grin and then they had to decide whether are they gonna kiss because Lindsay has this mistletoe over their head <laughs> and honestly like I did it. I also I did it to people I didn't know. You know, I people were like, "Who the fuck?" People you did know that you knew it'd be uncomfortable for. Right? Uh, yeah, that I regret only a little bit. I'm sorry about that. You know who you are. Um, but there was one thing that I really I would like to point out very very briefly. So I did it to like my friends, you know, who were girls. I did it you know, to them, and they kissed, you know, the girl, like, oh, love you, <laughs> love you, friend, Mwah. you know, I also, I kissed a handful of people that night, um, but then when I did it to two guys, like, they would never kiss, one of them was like, I'm a raging 
like heterosexual, like I- I'm not gay, like uh, like I'm never gonna kiss a guy, like blah blah blah. I was like, that just made like you, you just sound stupid now. Like, like this is a very home, ho- like a very harmless mistletoe. Yeah. Like, also. Cheek kisses are appropriate. Right, and I wasn't holding a gun to your head like you have to kiss this person. I was just like, do it. And then they're like, no, no, I'm not gay. I would never do that. Oh, I would never do that in the in the history of ever, like in the history of the world, if I was ever, you know, gonna do that, I would never do that. <laughs> um <laughs> But like why? Why can't did any guys did any guys kiss each other on the cheeks? Some guys did kiss each other on the cheeks, um, but very few did, and you know, very few got. I, I actually, I don't know if any guys kissed on the lips. I don't think anyone. I don't think any of them did. I feel like that's so interesting. What that says about the world and toxic masculinity. Hello, Darby. <laughs> or just like what it says about like, like that's just like, like I think it's interesting that the kid was like, I'm a flaming heterosexual. Like he had to make sure it was known to you yeah. that he would never consider being what like not heterosexual yeah and the other guy was gonna do it he was like just kiss me like whatever like it doesn't matter and you know i like totally respect the shit out of that guy but i was like that's awesome and then i was like it, it doesn't make you gay just because you're gonna kiss another guy and then i don't also, know what's wrong with a nice little peck you know Lindsay nothing. pecks me at bars all the time i do i do and you know i think it's a showing of friendship and affection i don't think you know, I'm not going to stick my tongue down your throat, Jess. I would hope not. That would be weird for everyone involved. It was, yeah, for everyone involved. But uh, I just feel like it was a harmless mistletoe, and why'd people have to make it into, like, I a big deal? It was such a big deal, and, you know, I'm just not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> so. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my life update into our little, fun little segment about college and how ridiculous boys are. Yeah, but we don't want to take up too much more time with us rambling, because... We have a really cool guest segment today. Yeah, and I, it, it's one of my favorites, honestly. I just think Allie crushes it. And I'm so <laughs> excited. So we will stop talking now and let Allie talk. We'll also talk when Allie talks, but not just us talking. Well, that was a ramble if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yep. All right. So here we go. All right. So next we have our guest segment. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? What do I say? Oh, my God. <laughs> do you not know your own name? Or? No, I didn't know if you wanted, like, name major. No, I don't want to get into <laughs> name the Name, adjective, dance move, go. I don't want people to be able to find me. Um, my <laughs> name. Oh, no, because I feel like I'm going to sound, like, homophobic after this episode. So okay. <laughs> so your name. So my name is, is Allie. And that's as much information as anyone is going to get. But you know what's crazy is, like, the government can find me with just my voice. And I'm like, is this going to ruin my job prospects one day? No, I don't think so. Well, it depends on what you're going to say. I don't know. If you have some fucked up opinions. I did have one thing I wanted to talk about, like, personally, a joke that I've made. But it's, it's like, about you. Right, right. So then it's fine if it's about me. Okay. I'll say it later. You don't have to say it now. Wow. Okay. So basically, we just took a whole minute to introduce that this is Allie, and she's our guest this week. Very vague. (laughs) Very vague. Maybe I'll tell you I'm five feet tall. Mm, Barely. (laughs) Actually, I'm five foot half an inch, so. Okay. All right. Fine. Wait, I can curse, right? I'm I'm just thinking about this now. Yes. Okay. All right, Allie. That's really important to me. What is your topic? Okay. My topic is political correctness 
within stand-up comedy. Not leaning one way or the other, just should there, it be there or should it not? Right. So then why did you pick this topic? Are you a stand-up comedian yourself oh, or an aspiring one? Or? Um, I'm such an aspiring one. I like to say it all started when I was a little five-year-old with an afro <laughs> because I had an afro. That's another, oh my God, that's another detail that can find me now. My, my nana, who most of my stand-up comedy routine is about, um, is like this little Jewish grandmother. And when I was growing up, she'd always be like, oh my God, Allie, like, you're going to be an actress one day. And I was like, I don't know why. She, I, she thought I was funny and then said I was going to be an actress, which I think she didn't realize that like stand-up comedians are a thing. Right, yeah. So then I, so then I was like, you're just a fucking idiot and I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. And then it just like... <laughs> but you know what I always say? I got into comedy because... <laughs> into comedy I just no that's like not real (laughs) I'm a hobby I just I think I became a funny person this is like oh my god try not to get too deep but I was the girl with the afro up until I was 12 years old and I hated being like the ugly girl with an afro in like middle school and like elementary school that's a hard time to have an afro and boys are so mean and that's when like People start getting into relationships and like hugging and hold, holding hands, and no one wants to hold <laughs> hands with the girls with the afro. So I realized if I was like funny, I wasn't the girl with the afro. I was like the funny girl, right? So choosing the part of your identity. Yes. Oh my god, being my is that being authentic? I don't think so. I think that's kind of like yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Just just had a TED talk. <laughs> it's okay. Continue. Um. So then I started to become funny because of that. I like to think. Because I didn't want to be known as like the girl with the afro. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, and I think I think you are very funny. I think so. But too. see, but living with Allie, her jokes do push the limit. We do. I do. So <laughs> she does. <laughs> she she do. <laughs> All right. So maybe define like what political correctness, just in case nobody okay. knows that. Yeah. Well. And and this was where I got confused where my opinion was because political correctness is means a lot of different things to different people. Like, to me, it's not using the N-word if you're not, like, black. It's not, like, my grandpa will call Asian people Orientals. Like, that's not cool. That's not good for today. Right. You, I don't even, like... The R-word. The R-word. Yeah. Like, if... I don't even like using certain words, but, like, if they're gay, like, and calling them, like, you know... Queer. No, <laughs> sorry. Starts with an F. I don't know. I hate. Oh, saying Oh, that's it, so a bad word. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't like it. saying it either. And so, I can say it. Yeah, stuff like that. And then certain people get like more nitty gritty. Like when you're presenting to a group of people, and sometimes someone will say "you guys" to say the plural of "you," but like not everyone in the room is a guy. That can sometimes get like upset for people. Right. I guess it depends on. It depends on the how person. deep you go with political correctness. But with comedy, it's so easy to, like, say something super offensive. And where is the line where you need to be, like, politically correct and where you're making a joke? Right. Like, you know, The Simpsons, they make fun of everybody, but people have gotten mad at them because their jokes are wildly, like, inappropriate and racist. But their defense is like, well, we make fun of everyone, so. Well, I love the show comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld and I just watched um Eddie Murphy's and he hasn't done stand-up comedy in a while but his last one was like 1990 
three. Okay, that's something. that's longer than a while. That's yes. older a, than a while. That's, that's like a older long time than us. <laughs> and one of his most famous ones called Delirious. The first like five minutes are talking about are like such homophobic jokes. He uses like the f word a lot, and he said like gay people are like gross and like whatever, and goes on and on for like five minutes, and the crowd is finding it hilarious. But now. 20 years later however long like he apologized for it and was like that was so not cool i don't agree with those statements so he did an act that was very not politically correct and now came back and apologized for it but most comedians won't do that right but at the time he definitely probably never would have apologized for it yeah which comes to one of my research facts <laughs> research I, fact <laughs> i found two articles um, one being from the New York Times, and this one girl said it's not necessarily about being politically correct, but it's about like being with the times. So back in the nineties, okay. yeah. whatever, like saying those things, people found funny still. But today, like people don't find that funny anymore. Like you need to evolve with your audience. Well, that's a very interesting perspective. Yeah, and I th- I think I kind of agree with that. I don't know. I don't know. Because well now I need to go home and watch Eddie Murphy's Delirious stand up. Is it is it up? I feel am it I going to be offended? Be. You're going to be offended. Uh, you think so? Or yes. uh, do you think I'm going to laugh my ass off? Because I don't know. It sounded I didn't actually watch that clip of the stand up, but I, I think you'd be offended. Mm, interesting. I think so. I guess the question is like, where does that? Where is the line for you? Where's the line? I so another research fact: Chelsea Handler. I think she's so funny. But I also know she's an asshole. Like, I know the things she says are offensive. She, her, like, book, first book that she wrote was, like, You Gone to Be Kidding Me, and it was her and, like, yeah, dresses, like, cringing. Yeah, cringing really hard. <laughs> and, yeah, so she's crazy. She did a four-part docuseries on Netflix. It was, like, Chelsea Does. And the third one was Chelsea Does Racism. And that was the one I just watched before I came here. And she's sitting around a table with, like, people from, like, the Jewish Defamation Federation and, like, someone from, like, the Islamic, like, like, black people, like, Asian people, like, all those different types of organizations. And she sits down and talks about, like, joke comedy and how she's made jokes about different people and about stereotypes and she states at the very beginning, like, she thinks it's important to make fun of stereotypes um, just to kind of, like, otherwise, I don't know, like, you, you have to make fun of it because otherwise people think they're, like, legit and real. Right. And how she thinks it's okay that she makes jokes about stereotypes because she doesn't hold back on any person. Like, she's made jokes about black people, Asian people, gay people, trans people. Like, it's not like she's only hounding on one person. But because she's hounding on everyone, it makes it okay. Not sure I agree with that, but that's her reasoning behind it. Does she make fun of herself? And yeah, like- she makes a lot of jo- jokes about Jewish people, and she is Jewish. Okay. And there was, like, someone from the Jewish Defamation League there, and this Chelsea was saying that she got in trouble with them when she, um, Chewy, which is, her, like, her little sidekick on her show— for Halloween, oh made him dress up as Hitler. And how she got, like, calls and emails from the Jewish Defamation League that was, like, not cool, like, blah, 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 like, basically telling her, like, you need to apologize, whatever. And Chelsea was, like, 
and says it to the woman there. She's like, I'm not going to apologize. First of all, I'm Jewish. I don't find it offensive. So I'm making fun of myself and my own people. And the woman says, like, the way we decide if jokes are, like, okay or not is, is very selective. Like, there's really no guideline. They just decide in that moment, like, does that offend me or not? And she says, like, Hitler's kind of our sweet spot, which then Chelsea, like, <laughs>, laughs and, like, makes fun of her for and then the yeah, and then the woman was like, honestly, the bigger celebrity you are, the worse you're gonna get because you're like a bigger name and you have more followers and you have like this privilege of having this stage and we want you to watch what you say. Well, to me, like in reflection of what you just said, to me, I'm not Jewish, but to me, Hitler's too far. <laughs> like, I, I, no, and I kind of agree with like there are certain things that you don't really joke about, like genocide. Yeah, genocide, nine eleven, except. If Bush did it, like, then that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a fine line. and Yeah, but think about what you just said. So you just said 9-11 jokes are off limits. But if we said Bush did it, it's fine. So, like, that's just further proving Allie's point that there's this, like, selectivity about it. Like, and I also think it also, let me try again. When you reflect on what everyone's bringing to the table, like, you know, someone who was impacted by 9-11 or whatever semi, you know, a tragic event that someone's making a joke about like you're never going to be able to guarantee i guess that no one is offended yeah but can you do your best to guarantee that the majority of people weren't be offended like i really can't imagine that a majority of people would not be offended by hitler like i feel like that's a hard one to be like well we're making fun of everybody <laughs> i i think you have to know your audience so this is where I thought I was going to come off homophobic. I make a lot of gay jokes because <laughs> I have three housemates who I'm not going to identify what their sexuality is because I don't want to, like, identi- whatever. So I make a lot of gay <laughs> jokes. But out of context, like, they are so homophobic. And I would not say it to anyone else but you guys or, like, our other closest friends. Right, and that's because we're friends, and that's because you could say it to us, and I, we built up this tolerance where, like, I also think it's funny now, but, you know, a couple of years ago when I was figuring out my sexuality, I would not have found any of these jokes funny. But I think it's also just, like I said, knowing your audience, like, I could make, I have two friends who are probably going to listen to this podcast, and I should probably tell them I'm talking about them. One is Filipino, and one is half Korean, and if I ever were to make an Asian joke in front of them, like... And, and one of them has, like, been like, that's racist, what you just said. Like, they are, they're very much so more, I don't want to say sensitive, because it's, it's not, like, sensitive, like, they have every right to be upset. But, but sensitive is the only word I can think of. They are, if I make Asian jokes some. But you guys, I wouldn't say, are, quote-unquote, sensitive about gay jokes. But that's just knowing my audience. I don't know, like. Right, and, and I don't know, because with sexuality, you know, it's something that you're comfortable in. Or something that you have to get comfortable in. And for me, I've found that comfort zone. And I think when I make fun of it and when other people make fun of it, it's validating that, you know, that's who I am. And like, yeah, you can make a joke about it. Like, yeah, because that's who I am. But I feel like with race, I, I feel like that boils down to a whole different yeah. thing. Because, you know, it's not that you're not confident being black or Asian. It's... It's like that's your culture. That's who you are. So I don't, I, you, you know, I. And I also think specifically with race in this country, like there's so much past injustice that's been done that for a lot of people, it's probably really hard to hear like you're a white female. Yeah. So you making a joke about whatever race is probably yeah. like 
yes, I don't think you're being racist, but I think it's unfortunate that, you know, in the side we live in, white people have consistently put down other groups of race, minority, et cetera, repeatedly throughout yeah. history. So, like, for somebody who's, you know, coming from a place of, like, their ancestors were impacted, they're impacted every day, you know, that's too far. Yeah. And and that's why, as, like, a white person, I was like, oh, if someone finds a comedian's joke offensive, especially about race, then it's offensive. But then I was looking up comedians that think pol- political correctness is killing comedy. And, like, the number one person is Chris Rock, who is a black man. Really? Really. And majority of them were white men. And I, the only, like, female comedy like comedian was honestly Chelsea Handler, which I'm not surprised by. Right. <laughs> but, like, the number one person who's saying, like, I can't even do stand-up comedy anymore because, like, people are so sensitive and blah, 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 like, was Chris Rock. That's so interesting because I feel like a lot of times, you know, especially how you identify is kind of what you end up talking about. You know, I, I've watched black comedians, I've watched gay comedians, they, they talk about themselves and they talk about their culture. So, you know, for him, I get, like, is he wanting to make gay jokes that he can't make? You know, because I, I feel like, obviously, as a black man, that gives him the right to make jokes about yeah. black people. But then that's where I, it comes back to, like, even if I, my stand-up routine would mostly be about Jewish people because I am Jewish. Right. And that's, like, most comedians take jokes from, like, their everyday life and their everyday situations. And my everyday life is, like, being Jewish and, like, having crazy Jewish grandparents. And that's, like, my entire routine, pretty much, if I think about it in my head. But Chelsea Handler, who is Jewish and made Jewish jokes, still got shit for making... Not just the Hitler thing. I was like say, other I was Jew- <laughs> the Hitler thing is maybe a little different, but like just any other Jewish joke, like making fun of like Jews being cheap or whatever. So, right, but I, again, that's a stereotype, and that's like who she is. So I, you know, I, it's just because she's in the spotlight, and whenever someone's in the spotlight, you know, they're going to get criticized because there's always going to be someone who doesn't like what they're doing, and that's just life, you yeah. know. <laughs> I also think it's interesting to think about the language we're using. Like, it's their right, like, because that's the group they identify in. You know, I'm taking this class that I always talk about that's ruining my life. And I think <laughs> when you reflect on, like, you know, a gr- when we make groups, like, not everyone in, like, my group of, you know, gay people or black people or white people is the same as how someone else who I would put in that group, they may not at all. You know, there's this whole idea that, you know, group deconstruction and like we create these groups based on stereotypes. But then you're like, wait a minute, that's not how I construct my identity. That's not how I put myself in it. So I think that's might be where we're having this disconnect where like I'm saying, well, I have a right to make white people jokes because I'm white. But or like I have a right to make jokes about females because I'm a female. But like someone else who identifies as a female might not identify the way that I'm making the joke. So then they're like oh, well, this is offensive to me. And I think that's a whole, like, language and the way we understand groups in the world. I think what I've gathered from at least that one New York Times article was the good thing that political correctness is doing in comedy is, is like I said, it's changing with the time. So someone's not going to make a rape joke like they used to 20 years ago. Cause, like, thank God for that. Thank God for that. <laughs> then that's what the article said. Like, thank God for that. They're just what is funny about 
Nothing. I mean, well, Sarah Silverman did make a rape joke in her stand-up on Netflix, where she's, it's, do you, you watched it with I us. did watch it, and I and didn't it think it was funny. You didn't think it was <laughs> no, funny? No, not at all. I was peeing my pants at it, but, and that's maybe, I, right, mm, but that's just God. like the different types yeah. of comedy that we enjoy. That is true, but that's, so that's the good thing political correctness is doing, is it is making you kind of second think of like, back, like I said, 20 years ago, someone might make that rape joke or that homophobic joke that's like really fucked up nowadays and now they're kind of like oh i don't think people are going to think it's funny so it's just not even worth saying so it's making people a little bit think about what's going through their mind the bad thing i think that political correctness is doing which is what chris rock is kind of saying is comedians it's it's a creative process when you're writing a joke not every joke that you write is going to hit and the only way to know if your joke's going to hit is you have to go up there and try it out and then if it doesn't hit you take it out I went to Hassan Minhaj's The Patriot Act filming two weeks ago, and he made a joke about people with autism. And But we were like his dress rehearsal. He was doing another filming of the same um, episode the next day, and he told us beforehand, like, this is like a rough draft. Not every joke's going to hit. We're going to take some out. And the minute he made this, like, joke about autistic people, everyone was like... And it got quiet. No one laughed. And he looked around. He stopped. Like, he literally stopped the episode and looked around and was like, we're going to cut it. We're going to cut it. Don't worry, guys. Um, you know, I told you not every joke's going to hit. We're just trying it out. You know, whatever. And it didn't make it into the episode. It, it got cut. But if he didn't get to try it, right, but, I don't know. But there's a line. Like, why would he even try that out? Because it's like a cre- like comedy is art, right? That's like right. when Kanye West is like, don't billboard music awards, don't censor me. That was the one I was trying to find a Kanye mm. quote and I couldn't. But like when artists are like, don't censor me because this is my art and that this is how I'm. Comedy is a form of art ah. and it shouldn't be censored to a point. Like, again, with like rape jokes or like 9-11 jokes, like nowadays people are like, maybe not. See, I came in with one thought and I'm having like a lot of conflicting thoughts I, right now. Right? Like part of Do me I wants to be like. Oh my God, oh my God. No, you don't. Not okay. I think one part is to be like. Like, I agree with you. It's art. Just like, you know, we listen to offensive music every day. Like, come on. Think about, like, a Kanye. I can think of, like, 20 Kanye West songs off the top of my head where I was like, oh, that's a terrible lyric. Famous about Taylor Swift. That's, like... Offensive. Yes. But, like, you know, on the other hand, to me, like, when you just said that, you know, a comedian who's going to have a Netflix documentary made an autism joke, to me, I was like, who was even like, yep, let's try it out. Like, who was, like... But then I think about it. Where else is my line? Like, do I like, oh, why am I saying that it's not okay for someone to make, you know, a joke about someone's ability, but I'm like, eh, race jokes, whatever. Like, then is there, is there even a possibility to have comedy where we're making fun of each other, you know, if we're having all these lines? Like, do I personally think that was too far? Yeah. But like someone else could be like, no, that's fine. You made a joke about like my race. So making a joke about someone's ability is fine. Yeah. The one thing that I thought of going into this, and I still kind of agree with, all my other decisions have been changing back and forth, is, like, I don't think a comedian should apologize for a joke that they made, especially if they get called up by, like, the Jewish Defamation League or, like, (laughs) the ACLU, whatever, because if they start apologizing for jokes that they make, they have to continue apologizing for it. Like you said, if when Chelsea Handler gets called up, by the Jewish Defamation League, and, th- and then she apologizes for that joke, and then the next week she makes a joke about, like, Christianity, and someone gets upset about that, doesn't she need to apologize because she just apologized about a religious joke? I don't think that they should apologize. Not that I'm saying the things they're saying is okay. 
I don't think that they should apologize because then you get to this it's slippery, a slippery slope. slope. Yeah. And like I said, comedy is a form of art and a, a musician shouldn't apologize for their songs and an artist shouldn't. And like I said, I'm not saying like go out there and be as offensive as possible because <laughs> you're an artist and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, don't do that. But I think that if you are like a comedian or artist, whatever, you have to stand by the art that you do. So if you're going to go out there and make a joke that's going to be offensive, then you got to stand by. I was going to say, you know, like do it with conviction at least. You know, if that's something that you think is the funniest fucking shit on the entire planet, like make it seem like it's the funniest fucking shit on the entire planet. And then you can't be like, oh, I'm sorry that actually that wasn't funny. And, you know, but again, there is stuff where it's like, actually, that wasn't funny. Like that Hitler joke wasn't funny, you know. Ah, it's it's such it's such a, a tough line, especially because I think everybody has different lines, and you know it's where do you push it? Yeah, and and where do you, you where are you like maybe not? The one personal example that I was gonna say about you, and I'll oh say God. it now. Oh God. It's honestly not even that bad. It's not even like one of my gay jokes. I couldn't think of like a concrete one. <laughs> Lindsay got pinned to a fraternity. It's like not a big deal. And I, yeah, me and Jess were roasters. Yes, we were. <laughs> Can I, I'm not going to do what I was just going to do. I'm going to hold back. I'm not going to do what I was just going to okay, do. Okay. Um, but I'm going to still say the joke. Um, we made a joke. I'm, I wrote the joke. Lindsay was, had hooked up with a boy with a micro penis. And I made a joke cause, that she enjoyed hooking up with him even though he wasn't a girl because his micro penis reminded her of a really long clitoris. And when, <laughs> I mean, one of the best jokes I've ever written. And when I wrote that joke and I looked at Emily, our housemate, who I was writing this roast with, I said, Emily, I don't I don't think I could say this like and and this has nothing to do with like race or sexuality, but it is a person's body part that is I don't want to say it's like a disability, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like I'm making fun of someone's arm like it's a micro penis and I knew there were, there had to be at least five boys in that crowd who also had a micro penis, and like that I didn't like I feel like that's so embarrassing. Like, is he going to be so upset? I don't even know this kid that well. He's going to come back and be like this bitch. Like, I was like, we can't do it. And then I looked at Emily for five minutes, and I couldn't stop laughing about the joke. And I said, I have to do it. And I went up there and I said it, and I said it with fucking passion because I thought it was awesome, and it landed too. If oh, I recall, it landed. The room would not get silent for at least five minutes. Oh, my God. It landed. It was awesome. Yes. But, <laughs> but that's probably the closest I've gotten to a stand-up routine was your pinning. I one day will perform my stand-up routine, but... I think you should do it before the year's up, I know. It takes time. It, it takes time to actually, like, write it, and then you got to practice it out is the problem, like I said. Right. But there's always somebody in the living room for you to practice yeah. on. I'll do it eventually. But... As a, that was one of the jokes that I was like, this is offensive. And then I was like, "It's I find it so hilarious. I have to do it. And look, that one's not, I mean, it's offensive to like one person or like maybe five boys who also have micro penises in the room. Right. But the, but, but the, but the oh, wow. Oh, that was wow. But the majority of people were not, are, yeah. are, you know, that's not. Yeah. And, and. I think that's what I'm saying. You have to know, like, you're... They're still laughing. I love that English, joke. English is hard. That's what I was <laughs> laughing about. I was still laughing at my joke. So, yeah. Right. But in yeah. Lindsay's pinning, we did make a lot of gay jokes. And that could be I offensive think- to way more people in the room. Like, most of the jokes we're making would be offensive to Lindsay. Right. But gay... I made a lot of gay jokes. 
Yeah. That's offensive to a decent amount of people. Yeah. I mean, in the room. Yeah. I mean, but I didn't hold, I didn't hold back. One, because I knew my audience and I wasn't going to go out there and be like, like gay people are gross. Like, first of all, it's not even funny, but you know what I'm saying? Like, and not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> and also, like, you had an expectation up there. Everyone knew what you were going to bring. And, like, if you hadn't brought it, everyone would have been like, yeah. 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 Well, because, yeah, I don't, I don't hide my sexuality. <laughs> I think the biggest thing with comedians nowadays is, like, know your audience. Like, if it's not going to come off funny, just don't even say it. I don't know why they thought, you know, like, why are you thinking about something that offensive anyways? But know your audience. And, like I said, like, stand by the jokes you're going to make. I think majority of the comedians that I listen to now are not. They make gay jokes, like, jokes by different races. But I don't think it's, like, offensive to the point that you're, like, holy shit, you know, you know, like Sarah Silverman. I didn't think that one joke by Sarah Silverman was that bad, but Lindsay's like making it, it, it seem like it was bad. It wasn't the best, but I just, I like didn't find it funny. I thought, I just think that Sarah, well, I'm obsessed with Sarah Silverman. Like, if I had to choose one comedian to be, it would be her. I think that her delivery is just like so key. And the way she ended the joke, it wasn't necessarily like the story. It's like, Everyone's sitting there in silence, and she's like, y'all thought she was going to get raped right now. Like, I'm not giving the right delivery now. I'm making it sound like I'm laughing at rape jokes. But, like, <laughs> it it wasn't, I didn't, like, I just think, I don't know. All right, wait, I want to go back for a second to talking about how you said, like, um, like political correctness has evolved. Like, you evolved based on, like, what's appropriate for your audience, you know? I think about, like, our generation, people always call us, like, the snowflakes. Like, we're yeah. the sensitive snowflakes. And, you know, does that say something about, like, you know, our sensitivities as people are that we're more open and aware? Like, does that say that our parents are chill with the offensive jokes? Like, thinking about, you know, <laughs> if we're saying that comedy and political correctness evolves based on what the people think. Like, I think that another point that I was going to bring up that I'm kind of going to bring up now to that question is, like I said, most of the comedians who think political correctness are killing stand-up comedy are white men. And in that, which not surprising, I think mm. that's what you're going to say, right? Internalized screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what the article by the New York Times said about this is like, of fucking course it's white men because they have this privilege and they get to, oh yeah, Jess is snapping over there, but <laughs> they have this privilege of like, you know, like they're white men, they're untouchable. And of course they don't think anything they're saying is offensive. And it's it's not like... Other than Chris Rock, which is very random, but I, you know, whatever. But the rest of them are white men, and I think the white men just need to evolve. I think the rest <laughs> of the comedians, like, I think have been doing a better job. Right. And, yeah, I very rarely find white comedians funny, by the way. <laughs> Usually I find women funny. I find any gay person fucking hysterical. Yeah. And But anyway, my I was going to say that, you know, a lot of times people kind of become comedians because they are, like, some sort of minority. Mm -hmm. And they could joke about, you know, their minority and their groups that, like, we kind of talked about earlier. But white men have, have this privilege, and they really have no minority, you know, unless maybe they're gay. But, like, they, you know, a straight white man has an obscene amount of privilege and nothing to make fun of. Yeah, that's so right, because my jokes are about being Jewish. Like, that's a... Minority, yeah, I would say, and yeah. like I think one of the only me male comedians that I thought think are funny is Hassan Minhaj because he is Indian and Muslim, 
And most of his jokes are about like his parents and like the stereotypical like Indian parents. And like one of my best friends in high school, Isha, is Indian. And like I just see so many connections. Like his parents are like her parents. And I think it's so funny because I love her parents. And it's just like you're just like reliving that. And yeah, because he's a minority and he makes fun of his like minorityness. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then these these straight white men are like, no one thinks anything's funny, and yeah. it's like, well, you can't say any of the shit that you're saying. Yeah, so you didn't shut go up through that. I think the funniest <laughs> right. jokes by comedians are about like themselves and their struggles, yeah. and like what struggles a white male going through, right? Compared to an Indian male, an Indian woman, an Asian woman, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and it's really all about like acknowledging your your privilege in that sense like what privileges do you have that you know make you you and so i think like unfortunately it seems that a lot of white people in general male and female don't really acknowledge that white privilege as much as they should you know yeah at my thanksgiving table man there was a smackdown wwe because i had someone look me in the eye and said they didn't have white privilege and i was like Mm. I need you to take a moment. To, and I think that's a, just a whole nother. We could have an episode on that. But like, yeah. just thinking about that and how it relates to comedy. But you brought up gender. So do you think there's different standards for women and men in comedy? Yeah, that was um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Season so three comes out Friday. Ah, I'm she, un, un, unhealthily excited. That is like actually, she is actually like, her and Sarah Silverman are like basically the same person in, in, in general. But they are like my idols. And and she goes through this I mean, obviously that's placed like what was it, the eighties, the nineties? The fifties. Whoa, <laughs> am I a fan? I'm not. I'm Yikes. Sorry. Why did I say the eighties nineties? That was actually really stupid of me. Really bad. <laughs> um yes, whatever. And back then, like cursing on stage, you would get arrested for. And like she goes through a lot of this process of like uh, when people are like, well, you're a lady, like, you can't be cursing. And she, like, strips naked when she gets drunk that first episode. And that's, like, <laughs> very, quote-unquote, not lady, like, especially for that time period. And I think women in comedy are expected to, like, not be as vulgar right. as the men are. Right. And and Nikki Glaser, who's super vulgar, and I think she's fucking hysterical because she's so vulgar, she does a lot of shit because people are like, you can't say that. But then you get a guy coming up there and saying all that same shit and no one says anything to him. Yeah. I, I, oh my God, if I actually get up on stage one day, it would be a curse word every five seconds. I, as it should be, <laughs> I have such a dirty mouth and you know, it's so funny. Like I'm an engineer. Oh my God. The government already found me. <laughs> <laughs> I am an engineer, a female engineer, and I work with a bunch of mechanics and males and the one thing they they'll curse in front of me, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, not in front of Allie!" Like, I'm so sorry. But the uh, like the other <laughs> male interns, they'll curse in front of. They don't apologize, and that I mean, obviously, this has nothing to do with comedy. But just in general, I think people think like women don't curse, which I think is hilarious because I'm known for cursing like every five seconds. Like my parents used to put soap in my mouth. No, they didn't. I was so bad, but I got it from my mom. I was told that I. My, like, mom's siblings always say, like, my mom had the worst potty mouth, and I t fully inherited that. I curse all the time. Right, and and even now, you know, cursing on the podcast, my mom listens sometimes. She's like, you're so vulgar. And I'm like, this is my freedom of speech. Like, yeah. I don't know. I curse a lot. That's just who I am. 
but and it's fun. You, you use the word like "see you next Tuesday" sometimes. <laughs> I won't say that one. Not only if someone deserves it. I like. I think I've said that word like less than three times in my whole life. I and really. Yeah. The one time I said it, it was like totally deserved. <laughs> I was like, "You!" And I was like, "Here I go." And like, I really think that that one is you know even too far from me. Like me. Like yeah. I I said it like three times now because you say it. And even you and our other housemate, Taylor, and Taylor was just talking about this, how she throws around the word whore. fucking whore too much. <laughs> and she called her mom a fucking whore <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Yes. Hey, what up, Taylor? And, <laughs> and it was like in front of her sister-in-law. And her sister-in-law was like, Taylor. And t- oh, Taylor was like, oh, my God. <laughs> my mom is not a whore. First of all, like, just imagine Taylor saying that to someone like this, like, realizing that she called her mom a whore yeah, and just getting heart. so yeah. hysterical and being like, my mom is not a whore. Like, just that <laughs> line is so funny. <laughs> but, like, but but then the thing is, you know, it's like taking back the word, you know? That is true. And as a woman, I'm like, I think I've earned that right to say whore and slut and, you know... Not, but if a not, male comedian said whore or slut, I honestly see, would I, not like that. No, I wouldn't like it either because he can't say that. Yeah. You know, there are certain things that I I think comedians can and can't say. But again, it's where do you draw the line? Where, like, it's such a gray area. But, you know, I think I've earned that right. So I'm going to say it. <laughs> you should, as you should. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Allie, what is your takeaway for people? Like, what do you want them to okay. come out of it? And, and, this, and like I said before, and we're talking about stand-up comedians. I'm not telling people to, like, go out there and use offensive language in your everyday life. Thank you for not condoning that on our podcast. No, that's not okay. I'm talking about an art form, an art form that I like to take part in, like the only art form I take part in. I don't like music. Like, Lindsay knows this. I'm terrible taste in music. I don't know anything about artists, like literally nothing. And, um, yeah, so I'm just talking about comedy, just to get that out there. (laughs) What I think is that... I think comedians need to stand by their jokes. They need to stand by their jokes. If they're going to say something offensive, you got to stand by it. But, I mean, like I said, know your audience and know what today is and rape jokes and 9-11 jokes, whatever. Like, those aren't really, those aren't going to come off as funny. I think gay jokes and race jokes to a point are still funny, but you need to make, I don't, again, stand, if you're going to make it really offensive, you need to go out there and just do it. It's like being, I think it's like, at least the way I'm, I'm interpreting it, is like being more aware on the front end. Like instead of apologizing after you said something offensive, think about if it's offensive before you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. And so, Ali, you just shared this whole world that you live in that you're open about. So, like, what else is something? Well, let me try that again. What is something else that you're working on being more open about? Oh my god, I told Lindsay before we came. <laughs> That at Jess's TED Talk, she said, you guys asked this question to everyone on the pod. And I immediately was like, holy fuck, I don't have an answer. And I've been thinking about it for a week and still don't have a concrete answer, which is... Uh, I said to Lindsay, which I think I'm going to go with. I think you should go with I this I think one. it's a good one, is to be more open about my feelings. Right, because... Just like from an outside perspective, because I think I know Allie pretty well. I would say so. She tends to bottle bottle up her emotions and then you know when one little thing happens she just kind of explodes or breaks down or yeah and it and it sucks and as a friend I don't like to see that so if you know you just talk with us a little bit more I know I I get it from my my father 
He's not a, we're not a gooey family. Yeah, very stoic. Yeah. It's very stereotypical <laughs> men. Yeah, so we, yeah, I'm I'm trying. I told Taylor today I wasn't having a good day, and that's why I got the candy. And I'm telling you I'm all so right now. I'm so proud of and you. I'm talking the podcast. Oh, my God, everyone listening, hello, <laughs> I'm not having a great day. But I went out there, and I got some candy, and I had some fun on this podcast, and now I'm feeling just a little bit better. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> All right, we can cut this if you don't want to do this. What are the odds you'll give us a little piece of your stand-up? Oh, my God. No, because, okay, I, no, I genuinely, you can keep this right now. I don't care. I wish I could, but like I said, I don't have it formally written out, formally practiced. I, I don't want to give you something that's, like, half-baked. Not all the way there. I have stories that I think are hilarious. Like, I didn't even think about this story the other day, but when we were talking about whether you got into National Honor Society. <laughs> and I didn't. No, I did. I, I I did. I take that back. I did get in. It took a few rounds. It took like three fucking tries. <laughs> and that's a good like story that I will put in my stand-up comedy routine. But then I also want to talk about the story of in fourth grade and I play the cherry bass red guitar and I fall off the stage. Yeah, and that's a, that's a hysterical story. That's like, also a hysterical story. But they don't go along together. So you have to figure out how you to, have to you have to figure out how to mesh it and then you also it. yeah stitch it together and I, I mean the way Ali tells stories is great but I think they do need to be fleshed out sometimes they're a little long I know that <laughs> no I agree I a hundred that is like that's why Hassan Minhaj I say his name differently every time but I always want to try to get it correct um, is one of my favorite comedians not because I think he's like hilarious but he's such a good storyteller. I think that has a lot to, I don't know, that does a lot for me in comedy, I think, when people are good storytellers. You know, you're wrapped up in this story, and then they yeah. they get to the punchline, you're like, that's the fucking funniest shit I've ever heard. Like, the lead-up, build-up, incredible. And he's so good at that. All right, so in the future, maybe? Yeah, I mean, Jessica, f- your number, oh, what the, am I not to say your first and last name? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't want the government to find me. I don't know who you want the government to find you. <laughs> but... Um, you're the first person on the list invited to my, to my stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm like look actively looking forward to it. I'll be your number one fan. I Thank think you. we should host at, at the house. I think we should host a. Me, I know. Maybe I'll like work an open on mic it. night. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. And you could bring like a lot of different comedians. Maybe is there other people who do comedy here? I'm sure we could um, yeah, search. I'm sure. I'm There's sure. that one linky kid who goes up for Relay for Life every oh, year, but yes. he's not that. Is he gonna listen? To that? <laughs> he could. Oh, okay. You're so great. Maybe, maybe we can, you know, do some research, find some people, and then me and Lindsay could sit there secretly analyzing whether it's offensive or not. I yeah yeah like um offensive check Off- not offensive check but see it's not that black and white which right. comes down to the whole thing. You're right. Okay, so basically you heard it here first, guys. Allie is hosting a stand-up comedy night where I will get to see her stand-up and, you know, we'll plug it on the pod so everybody knows and can come. Great. Except not really because she doesn't start. want the government to know where she is. <laughs> I do not. Um, that freaks me out. <laughs> but, Allie, thank you so, so much for coming on the pod today. I had such a blast. Um, and this was super... Enlightening. I, I, you know, I don't know which way to think now. You kept swaying my my opinions. She came prepared with both sides. You know, are you playing? Are you playing? You're playing for both gay. teams. <laughs> I'm not gay like the rest of my housemates. See, there it is. Yeah, they have an agenda. They have an agenda. The gay agenda is real, and we have it. <laughs> and I'm not falling for it. I see right through it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't want to. I was like, I'm going to sound so 
homophobic by the end of this episode. But we didn't. I didn't say too many gay jokes. Other no, than like, no, other than just yeah. now. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm not. We sobbing. can pull it on the pod. <laughs> now you sound homophobic. <laughs> to tell everyone because I think that like outside of our friend group, people think I am probably. I made. <laughs> I made a joke. No, I made. I in my sorority member class lol groupie <laughs> groupie message i made a joke about my housemates being gay no one liked the message no one replied so 30 minutes later i wrote back and was like guys i'm not homophobic <laughs> like i told this joke to my housemates they thought it was funny and still no one replied but see if you have to say that you're not homophobic I know. you're probably a little <laughs> i live with gay people doesn't that mean i'm not homophobic <laughs> I have one singular girlfriend, and I'm not sexist. <laughs> That's how it works. That is know. that is how it works. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> you can have a gay friend and uh, not be homophobic. That's how that works. So, <laughs> Thank you for that, Allie. <laughs> I hope none of that gets cut, because I love that. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of Sorry, Robin. We hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. We want to thank Ellie again for coming on the pod and bringing that super unique view and yeah. topic to the pod. Yeah, and stay tuned for Ali's stand-up, guys. She's going to be famous, and we're all going to be laughing. Yeah, and, you know, this podcast episode will be <laughs> worth a lot of money. <laughs> Someday. Someday. Yeah, so per usual, follow us on Instagram at Podcast. This is our second-to-last official episode, and they're... Might be a fun bonus in the works as well. If you're lucky. Yeah, so there will be one more episode in this season. Ah, this is crazy. (laughs) But don't you worry. Season two is coming. Similar to winter is coming. But it's season two. But better. Because winter is scary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're interested in being a guest on next season, hit us up over break. Um, we'd love to, you know, get some people in line to be on the podcast and, you know, send this podcast to your friends over break. People have a lot of do a lot of traveling, um, have a lot more time to kind of chill. And so we'd love to get some new listeners. Send it to a home friend. Send it to somebody, you know, send it to the the homeboy that you hook up with only when you're home. <laughs> yes. Be like, I'll hook up with you if you listen to my new favorite podcast. Okay, Maybe, maybe don't hold it over their head as bait. <laughs> or do it. Or do it. That's fine. We have no ethical boundaries on this, mm-hmm, on this show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, episode 13. Yeah. We'll see you next week for the last episode of the season. Crazy. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.